0: All right, we're back with Type 1, and I'm Lee. and Elizabeth. And we have a special guest today, Penny Baker. We're so glad you're here, and you're, you're going to chime in yes. uh, when you uh, have something to say or when we have a question. So okay. thanks for being here. All right, Type 1, we are making our way through the gut triad. Uh, type 1, the perfectionist, moralist, reformer. Achiever. Ones are in the gut, body, anger, triad, along with eights and nines. Their stance is dependent stance. So the other numbers in dependent stance are sixes and twos. And uh, that means that that group has repressed thinking. So not that they don't think, but uh, they don't utilize productive thinking. So... Uh, the sin or passion of the type one is anger. And I have here that you can talk about that in a way of resentment or righteous anger um, or other other ways you could describe that. And if you'll remember, the uh, gut triad is the anger triad. And so much like the sixes who have kind of the double compulsion of fear Ones as well, so the sin for um, ones is anger, and they are in the anger triad. So it's it's intense. That's what I would say there. So they're in the anger triad, and they have the sin of anger. So anger for one is really intense, um, and they pretend not to be angry. So that's an interesting. Interesting dilemma.
1: Uh, the do you, have any, do, you, do you have anything to say about that, Penny? What I would say is, oftentimes I don't know I'm angry. Yeah, everybody around me does, <laughs> but, but I have no idea.
2: Yeah. Hmm. No. yeah, and I and I think sixes really have no idea in a way that they're afraid. Do you right. know what I mean? Like they're so used to being afraid because it's the double whammy water they swim in mm. that it's just normalized. And my guess is for ones yeah.
0: it's similar. Do you you agree with that? I would think so. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good time to remember. And I I just, the more I've worked with this, the more I think it's true for people in the gut triad about about anger is because we are trying to take in the world through our body, through our gut. Reality is just coming at us all at once. I would use the word irritated just in general, that we are generally just irritated with life because it's too much. And that gets translated really quickly into anger. But I think... The gut triad in general, just too much, you know, imitated. Hmm. So the unconscious childhood message for a one is, and this is a message again that you hear or take in, whether or not it's told to you directly, just how you're wired to to take in the world. The unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to make mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) And then the lost childhood message, so the message that the one is making their way through the world, wanting to hear, trying to hear, is you are good. Yeah. Exactly. Do you want to say anything more about those two or do you want to? I don't think so. Not
1: yet. Not yet. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's emotional. Uh Uh-huh.
1: You know, as a kid, I was hearing that it wasn't okay to make a mistake. Yeah. And do you think, were you literally being told that? Or I don't think so, mm-hmm. but I suspect by behaviors in my household, that's mm-hmm. that's what I heard. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: And can I ask a question like to say that everybody in the gut triad is experiencing life in their gut and it feels like too much, like for one, how does that? What it, Can you kind of unpack what that means for you, for for it to feel like life is coming at you all the time in, in your gut and it feels
1: like too much? It's not that I feel like life is coming at me, uh-huh. but almost serious situations I always feel in my gut, Uh huh. Um, be it fear or you need to pay attention to that. But if it's something probably where I think I'm either going to make a mistake, I'm going to do it wrong, I won't be good at that. It's it's all rooted in there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you feel Does like that, that just consumes you all the time, kind of?
1: That and the voice, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's not going on in my gut, I have it going on in my head.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll we'll get more to to the voice for sure. I like to use some different words that could describe a one. So we they're known as the perfectionist, moralist, reformer, achiever, and here are just some other words that I would throw out. That would be often associated with a type one duty, Mm -hmm. ethical, principled, goodness, virtue, quality, integrity, and um, like every single one of those words, conscientious, conscientious. Um, I think all of those in relationship to you. I think integrity Mm -hmm. is a good one. It's so good. Yeah. How do those sit? good Mm -hmm. (laughs) it makes
1: me go oh i am a good person
0: ah you you are are. a good person absolutely
1: (laughs) i don't want to cry so
0: (laughs) we're gonna make you cry moving on (laughs) all right so uh, let's unpack perfectionist ones are driven by a need to be perfect and here is always the qualifier for that is one's want to be perfect and they want it to be their definition of perfection correct right Mm -hmm. so ones have a primal feeling that they aren't good enough it's a lost childhood message and so they're constantly thinking about how they could do things better but perfection is always kind of just out of reach for them and because their definition of perfection Um, is the definition it's always changing and so even if they meet their own expectations somehow in their personality do they decide that well it must have been too low of a standard or i must not have defined perfection um correctly and so they are always raising the bar so if i can do it then it must not um be good enough, right. right? Yeah. 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 Do you have an example of that or can you think mm-hmm.
1: of a. I probably have to think about that.
0: Okay. I'm sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, ones don't think the world or things as they are are right. And so they want to set the standard for what is right. They struggle with, um, again, with this terrible kind of primal. Fear that they're not good enough or worthy, which is a word we heard with sixes. But so since that, that's kind of their primal psychic disease, uh, dis-ease in the world, they are looking to kind of quell that by making things perfect. So that's the trap that ones are stuck in, that they feel um, like they aren't good enough so that if, if they could make the world outside of them Good. That somehow that will will make them feel better.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's very well said. And I was going to say a little bit more about the the word perfect. Mm -hmm. I take issue with that word. Tell us about it. Because I've heard that for my whole life. You know, you're just a perfectionist. It's okay to leave it like that. And it's like, no, I'm. I don't know. It's just so. You kind of touched on it when you just said, um, if if I can control what's going on out there. Or get it the way I want it, which is how I see. That's probably how I would define perfection, the way well, I want, you it, want it, the way I want it, right? mm. or the way
0: I think it should be, <laughs> right? or the way that's right. Which, quite honestly, often is right,
2: of course. Well, I guess that's what I was going to talk about, mm-hmm. is like, I was thinking about, as a four, realizing, coming to grips with the fact that authenticity is subjective, And that someone else's authenticity might not be what my definition is. So do you think that applies to ones and perfectionism? Like how you want something to be and your idea of that being correct or how you want it could be for someone else not correct or not? Or do you think in general ones want to do things in a way that most people would say, yeah, that's the right way to do it? Or I mean... Probably yeah. I want I want people to think it's the right thing to do. Oh okay, so that matters. Oh yeah. I mean that yes. it's not like it's it's uh, it's culturally like you're you're playing off of cultural uh, definitions of
1: perfection. Is that what? Hmm. So I was going to say something about being right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was thinking. Yeah,
1: because since I've learned the enneagram, I I, I have since learned that what I think is right. Doesn't necessarily mean, mean that it, it is. is right. Yeah. So that's 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 new to me. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> that's
1: um, good. That's yeah. good. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and that so this is another characteristic of a type one is you're naturally inclined to a dualistic kind of thinking, right? Thanks so so it's right or wrong, it's black or white, um, good or bad, and for those, just the reason. You just talked about that because you do believe how you want things to be and how they should be is the right way yeah. for them to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So dualistic thinking can be a, a, a characteristic. So let's talk more about anger yeah. or resentment or <laughs> righteous anger. Ones tell us often that they're easily annoyed or irritated. And again, I think that's true in general of folks in the gut triad because type ones have set the world up in a way that there is a right and wrong. There is a right way to do things, um, a right way to to be in relationship, a right way to um, depending on on where your focus is. And this is what's, I think, very different for one. So sometimes the introductory caricature of a one is the one who um, has to load the dishwasher the exact right way or fluff the pillows. You know, it's something that we can see similar to the way that we think a type six is has a security system and an underground bunker. We do that with ones as well. But you get to decide where you're putting that, your focus of perfection, where you have decided where things need to be better, where they need to be right. And so that can be, I have a friend who, um, for her, it's all about relationships and all of the other kind of caricatures that you might read, um, introducing a type one are not super present for her. And mm-hmm. so my, how I would describe yours, maybe if I was talking about you, that you're, um, where you put that in the ways that I relate to you, yes, there, you like things to be the way in order and how you want them to be, but where a lot of your energy goes is into justice issues. Yeah, And um, we were just downstairs talking about zero waste, you know, because there's going to be a dedication there. Right. Because it's the right thing to do. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm all on board. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to be the one who can teach us because you're going to, you're going to get in there and do it. Hope so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's being authentic when you mentioned authentic, authenticity. And I don't know that I can articulate this exactly, but, um, you know, like in, in, in accepting that my way is not the right way or the only right way. For me to get to that, I, I'm not going to be able to define this. Um, Keep going. I have to be authentic in in saying that, no, that is not how I would do it, but that is a good and right way to do it. Wow. Hmm. I, 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 and I, I really don't think I can say that if I don't <laughs> believe it's right.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does That's that make- the integrity piece, right? Well, I th- maybe yeah, mm-hmm. is it circular, though? Yeah, I, mean, yes. um, I think yeah. that's
1: what's
2: interesting about the Enneagram yeah. is that mm-hmm. it shows us the ways in which we are caught in loops of confirmation bias about, you know, right. not hearing our own message or not, or the activity that we're involved in just takes us back to where we're not going to be hearing, hearing the message we need to hear or yeah. mm-hmm. freeing ourselves from ourselves, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, like, and I think this is something we'll talk about on number nights for sure, because it's another level. But I think what's interesting about the one, four, seven triangle, like it's called a harmony triad, which I'm just mm-hmm. now learning about. And all one, fours, and sevens all are very active in idealizing a world they want to live in. But we're all doing it for different reasons. And I think that's very, it's like where we, meet in a way as a me as a four and you as a one is that we're very very we spend a lot of time imagining how we want the world to be and we're constantly irritated by the fact that we can't get there that other people can't get there that we can't get there and I don't know I just I think that's maybe where some of the anger for ones is involved with that piece perhaps
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I have written here, since ones don't see or accept things as they are, but as they should be, they're always dissatisfied or disappointed. So there's just this loop of dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. And in their need to be perfect, um, they are compulsively, that's your habitual pattern way of being, that's your Enneagram number, seeking perfection in themselves And the world around them, trying to improve what's wrong, but always, because logically we know perfection doesn't exist, (laughs) so your ones are always dissatisfied, just like a four is always dissatisfied, a seven's always dissatisfied, so that's Mm -hmm. really good connection.
1: Well, are all numbers dissatisfied, always dissatisfied?
0: I don't think in the same intensity as you all don't think
2: yeah i mean i i'm gonna have to learn more about it obviously <laughs> before we talk about it but um the way I, this was in the um, beatrice chestnut book um the way she talks about it is that we're we're super uh dissatisfied all the time yeah i don't that
0: does not ring no it doesn't does it ring, ring true for, for me nine, obviously no.
2: but um
1: yeah. when i can't imagine not <laughs> be dissatisfied.
2: I know. I know. Yeah. I remember one time Suzanne said, if a four ever tells you they're content, the world should stop on its axis. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. And, and in connection to anger, so we, we have this circle of seeing things how they should be, understanding there's a right and a wrong, and realizing that they're never going to get there. So that makes you angry. So you're already, anger is already right under the surface. And then what you're doing in your number, um, what you're looking for, also contributes to that anger. So you are, because you have integrity, because of all of those words we said at the beginning of the podcast, you're doing the right thing. You are um, sacrificing maybe what you want. You're sacrificing having fun or... Um, doing, doing whatever would be just kind of fly by the seat of your pants so you can do it right and you end up resenting the rest of us who don't mm-hmm. yes. do it right. Yeah. That's intense. And that, so, so we talk a lot about type ones stuffing their anger because if you are a right or wrong, black and white kind of thinker, I would say the majority of ones put anger in the wrong category or we're told early on we're going to put anger over in the wrong category so when you said at, at the beginning Penny that you don't even notice that you're angry mm-hmm. probably that is because and I know you know this that you just kind of t- stuff it down stuff it down stuff it down and then um, when you do get angry when it does come out it usually is pretty intense (laughs) it's ugly (laughs) and rarely is it about the thing that you're angry about because you have layers of it um, that you just can't hold on and stuff down anymore and so it's usually not um, your your reaction of anger doesn't equate to whatever you're angry at Right. right right And when it's ugly like that, I think Suzanne
1: calls it spewing. Yeah. Yeah. I can probably list the things that are making me angry or in the past, had like what had been stuffed.
0: Now that you've been working on it. You, you, could, you could probably so, list so, what?
1: So like once I'm spewing, mm-hmm. I can just rattle off all the things that I have... <laughs> chosen not to get angry about but now that i'm angry and you know i'm angry all the way i'm gonna tell you
0: all about it yes <laughs> you've, yeah. you've been that, keeping a list not intentionally
1: <laughs> but because i'm so organized it's all just right there
2: uh-huh.
0: right and lee yeah. do you
2: think that has anything to do with chaining like what like is that related to one chaining
0: i don't know that i would u- use it in that way but i think I don't know that I would call that chaining. What's chaining? That's when you want to bring up productive thinking. So, like if you don't do something right, Mm -hmm. or when you are processing out loud with me, and I kind of might give you the feedback, Penny, you're good. I don't, you know, that you made that decision or you chose to do that, and that has that is not related to this. You know how you decide um, because. (laughs) This is going to be weird, and we can cut this out if, if this makes you uncomfortable. But I remember one time you wanted to get a new mattress for your <laughs> guest room. Yes, right? Do you remember this? And you somehow, in because you are so concerned with the environment, because um, y- I'm sh- you followed the budget and you do are doing all the things right. For whatever reason, inside you, you felt bad for even wanting a new mattress mm. and you'd linked the fact that you needed a new mattress for your guest bedroom because you're a lovely person who wants your guests to be comfortable when they stay in your house to somehow not being good because you'd linked all these things together mm. I see do you, yeah. do you remember that yeah yeah
1: Well, and, and right now I'm going because I didn't really need that that really was not that was just a Frivolity.
0: It felt like frivolous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I feel like Suzanne talks about chaining with ones as like when something starts to go wrong, or one piece of something that you're doing goes wrong, then the whole thing is bad. Mm
0: -hmm. I think of
2: just seeing it as an isolated (laughs) situation where the just that piece of it is maybe not working out right now, and you can.
0: I think that's what the voice does. Okay, would be the voice is the one that's chaining for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and so we can, I think we could just jump onto the voice. And so ones, if if you, are Enneagram teacher, Suzanne, says this is a deal breaker. So if you are wondering, am I a one? Because a lot of us want to do things right. You know, we want to-
1: You're principled. Principled, you
0: do- all of these things. So, But the thing that really sets a one apart is their- non-stop inner critic. And um, the way to think about this is to imagine the worst thing that you've ever done. And when you have that in your mind, in your heart, and how your body feels and what that feels like, that a one feels that way all the time. Mm -hmm. That there's a constant kind of inner lashing of... Of themselves, yeah? Yes. Yeah, just inner yeah. critic. So, like, take out I think inner there's lashing. a lot of... Um, That's not a good word.
2: <laughs> I, well, I think there's a lot of stuff out there now about um, self-talk. There are a lot of, there's a lot of books. Right. There's a lot of stuff out there about self-talk, just like there's a lot of stuff out there about abundance. You know, there's certain things mm-hmm. that we're all cluing into, you know? Mm-hmm. And so self-talk is one of those things. And I think it's important to differentiate... Um, how everybody has self-talk and we all have ways in which we self-sabotage with our own um, ways of telling ourselves every day that you know we shouldn't do something or we're going to mess it up or uh you're not good enough to do that or why do you bother doing that but is there a way that you could talk to us about your inner critic that is different from general um self-talk
1: or do you even know? Because you're swimming in it. I don't know. <laughs> well, i I think since it, I think it's definitely better. I think now I know how to have self talk. Whereas mm. before it was just constant. and It's was never always good. negative.
0: Yeah, always. It's always one self talk is always bad. Right, you're bad. I mean, it's yeah. It's just it's just really harsh. I mean, it's, you think it's just more
2: pointed, directly at you as a package, is not being. Good for sure. Versus, like, I, I think, um, just like a more general. Like, my self talk is around my art. Usually, like, I, you know, I have to get past my my brain saying to me, like, you know, is it worth it or who needs it or why, you know, why is this valuable to the world with all that's going on right now, you know, and I have to have to get past that stuff so that I am not
1: paralyzed so so I think for mm -hmm. me or a one it would be more directed at me you're really not that good they're not going to buy that because I mean look at it it's really not that I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's personal I mean it it is directed at me not it is what I'm doing as well like Mm -hmm. well you did that that looks bad that's not going to work the way you think it's going to work you know
0: this is a sentence from Christopher Hertz's book the Sacred Enneagram. And this is how he describes it. Just about every decision ones make throughout the day is internally interrogated and found to be wanting.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'll, yeah, like this whole conversation we're having, we're having no. it. it will be with me for days. I yeah. will be.
0: That's why when I asked you, to come it's a big i feel so honored that you're here because i know you're going to do that yeah and i can't stop you from doing it
1: (laughs) no only Mm -hmm. i can but but that's also you're offering
2: something to you know maybe other ones out there hopefully that Mm -hmm. you know maybe does that help at all
1: (laughs) no it does yeah yeah Yeah, it does because Mm -hmm. to think you know like anytime i think of a child being a one yeah I mean, that just, right now, I just got a sucker punch in mm-hmm. my gut. That's just so heavy yeah, to me. Yeah. So, to think if an adult is listening to this and they are familiar with what
0: I'm saying, that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that could be helpful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I remember the time we were, actually, the three of us were in the car in Bailey. We were going for my birthday to San Antonio, and we were, I don't, we all all four of us had never been together um, so we were talking Enneagram a little bit and I think you all were talking about your five husbands and it was just a easy conversation. And then somehow we got on ones and talking about the inner critic and how you described it in that moment. You said, so like what I just said two seconds ago, I've spent all of. You know, for five minutes, my math didn't make sense there. So what I said 10 minutes ago, (laughs) you know, for the last five minutes, I have been berating myself that I said the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember kind of feeling sucker punched too, that you would have been sitting next to me suffering over just a a beautiful casual conversation. And that's for me when it hit home, Mm. what just kind of like the fear piece when you finally hear from a six get just a glimpse into oh that I. it's hard for me to imagine when you said that in the car I thought oh mm-hmm. that's what yeah. that it's not so it's, I think it's constant it's more
2: pervasive in other words yeah. so like self-talk for me that crops up from time to time right. throughout the day about my work or whatever for you is something that's happening all the time all day long all night long yes. about Everything. Pretty much as
1: soon as I wake up. Okay. Everything.
0: Yeah, that's so that's the thing that sets a one apart. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes ones won't even know they have that voice because it's so familiar.
1: Yeah, I didn't know about it till Yeah. I <laughs> it was just your Indian way of gram. being. Right. I thought I was I thought that was thinking. There you go. Yes. Actually um it was Suzanne when she was talking about it and she said, It's not your friend. And I thought, she doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) We've been together my whole life, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's so true. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm able to most times differentiate between Mm -hmm. when that's going on and when Mm -hmm. it's
2: helpful and I Some remember talk. one time Lee and I did a workshop or maybe it was Joey who was doing a workshop at our house at this house. And um, there was a one there and her and she she's a young woman and her parents were there and she realized she was a one and her parents were kind of having a really hard time. <laughs> and they were um, just suffering, uh, realizing that that's what she was going through. And she kind of stood up and was all empowered. And she's like, hey. Stop feeling sorry for me. This is how this is this is empowering. My inner critic helps me get all kinds of stuff done and done well. <laughs> so, and I, so I do think there is some truth to that. So, is do you feel like there's a like a wisdom or something that you get on board or awareness that you get on board with knowing when your inner critic I guess which is never your friend, right? Mm-hmm. And self-talk, I guess, which is Possibly nudging you out of your comfort zone into good things. I mean, is there a
1: is there differentiation going on there, or how do you? I think it's when I can bring up thinking, like Mm if 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 I'm having the conversation Mm -hmm. in the car in Mm -hmm. San Antonio, if if I had been able to think or to say, hmm, that sounded funny to be all consumed about that, Mm -hmm. what I just said. Mm -hmm. Think about that a little bit, and literally. Think about it, right. not criticize it, mm. but think about what does that even mean? And it takes me a really long time because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come easily. And
0: it's very to me, it. that's the chaining piece, right? The critic is what chains. So if you say just something casual in conversation that none of us even have the second thought about. And in two seconds, you are. And I'm not good. I said the wrong thing. I've I've hurt someone's feelings. Like you go there in a flash. Your critic kind of does that for you and how you break that, how you bring up thinking. And that's, you know, your work to bring up productive thinking is to say those things out loud sometimes, right? right? Yeah. That if once you say them out loud, you're like, oh, my gosh, of course, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. that's. That kind of tells the critic to stand down. You're you know? exactly right. I have mm-hmm. to say it out loud. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's the voice. You'll hear Suzanne calls it the voice. Um, I don't know if this would be helpful or not. Um, my whole life, I've been
1: told if I've said something that got a reaction out of somebody, typically a family member, um, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And I, I did not get, I, I did not know what that meant. What do you mean? And I think that's because what I hear up here, I think that's what comes out.
0: Yeah. The tone of it. Uh Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think because that's happening all the time in you, Mm -hmm. I'm sure how you and ones are saying things out loud feel very soft and enlightening (laughs) compared to what's happening inside. This kind of relentless kind of pile up that's happening all the time. That you are, you are sharing like a just a tiny bit of that right. with us, and the talk style of a type one can often be preachy or um, or critical because that's their that's what's happening inside. So the there's oftentimes a lot of must. This is how you must do it, or this is how you should do it. You need to do this, or you need to <laughs> do it this way. Um, they like to make lists and make lists of things for other th- people to do. Um, and that can, that can feel preachy or critical um, to the rest of us. You know, it can come out that way. Do you want to say any more about that? No. that's no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. I think, um, you know, I think it's just that's we all have our way of, of talking and, and being in the world. And when you think about um, when you think about what is happening internally for a one that we only get just a little bit of that. And so that's also um, a reminder for us. Lots of times ones don't take criticism that well because they've got it going 24-7 within themselves. So um, we feel like when we offer some feedback, even if it's not, we don't think it's critical. Oftentimes a one will just, that might be when they spew, right? Mm -hmm. That might be the... The moment that they can't put any more of their anger down, they can't, they can't take any more, um, and and they spew. I think yeah. for me, I get my feelings hurt.
1: I think I think for me, it's a, it's a hurt.
0: Yeah,
2: and and I, I remember like when Scott was talking to us about being a six, and you were talking about counterphobic sixes, kind of being a little bit aggressive or they can have aggressive energy. Mm-hmm. I've noticed with sixes when you kind of approach them with. Some mild thing that's going wrong or it's not working out, or you're questioning them a little bit about something that they've done, that they get angry Mm -hmm. because there's no room inside their head to be any more concerned about their worth or their safety in the world. Whereas I think it's similar, it's similar, but it's not obviously about safety, it's about your being good and worthy.
1: I diff- I have a hard time differentiating between right and good, huh? When um, that's in terms helpful.
2: of what I think that's helpful.
1: So right is in a way it's interchangeable for you.
2: Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's helpful to me. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, and so kind of feeding off of that, even though ones are in the dependent stance, they can often feel aggressive, and I think it's for that very reason that a six can also feel aggressive is because you're standing against reality in some way. So ones in in a way they're not motivated in the same way that an aggressive number is, but the world is never going to be perfect and you are out there trying to make it perfect. And so in some ways you are trying to reshape reality yeah, right that's true. That's a good at least
1: make it better or at least try to make it better yes mm-hmm. yes
0: mm-hmm. Um, and so in in some ways which is your gift to offer all of us and your Achilles heel right mm-hmm. that you see things as they should be and you are standing you are moving wanting all of us to see the world that way and do something about it right and and you are doer <laughs> um, ones are doers, so they they um, think do think do think think do um, or no no feel do, do, do feel do, do feel yeah do, feel, do yeah. feel feel do feel do which what way? It, do? What are y'all doing? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> first, I do first, and you then do, I feel. Yeah, she feel just does something about it. Ah, <sighs> mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so. sorry, that was I was like I was like a I was like a, like, a song. That, I was like that's sevens though. What did you <laughs> just said. Uh, That
2: makes sense. You do feel. You do feel.
0: I do. (laughs) Deeply. (laughs) You have feelings. You have feelings. So, Penny, can you talk to us a little bit about, you've been doing Enneagram work for a while. Yeah. 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 So can you tell us about how kind of understanding yourself in Enneagram terms has been helpful or what that's um, meant
1: for you? First and foremost, it's the best work I've ever done for me personally, Yeah, which that is difficult because usually I'm thinking outside of myself right? doing for others. I know that sounds kind of contradictory, but in my mind, yeah. I think it's the right thing to do and everybody's going to like it that way. So this is what I'm going to do. And they're going to appreciate that, blah, 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 right. Um, but certainly in relationships it's oh god it's really helped me not take things so personally mm-hmm. knowing that we you know we're all different and you know that yeah you know it in your head but you know to really head, yeah. get that the way i see something as a one is not the way a five is going to see it or a mm-hmm. four is going to see it or anybody else and mm-hmm. that is just it's so simple, but I did not get it before the Enneagram.
0: Yeah. Have you learned to have more compassion with yourself, do you think? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I get there eventually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's always going to be a longer journey for ones. It feels like it. Mm. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah.
1: Every day it's a whole fresh start.
0: Yeah. But yeah. When I think, again, there's always a, you know, kind of your compulsion and your way of being in the world and the thing that trips you up again and again can also be the beautiful gift that you have to offer. So, for each of us, that's true. And I think because ones are so inclined to see the world in terms of what's wrong and what could be, that when a one does their work, right, when they are working on themselves, they end up having so much to teach us about grace and offering grace to others mm-hmm. because you are moving in this space where you, you can't ever quite get there. You you just are never going to, things are never going to be quite what you want them to be. Right.
1: Yeah. But in doing that work, I struggle with feeling selfish.
0: Mm. Like doing your own work? Right. Uh. That's what you meant when you started saying it was the first time you really worked on yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and not not doing something to uh, change the world around you or right. make it better. Right. Yeah. 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 Just who You know, was.
1: it's kind of like, and I suppose this is the voice. Well, how dare you? Who do you think you are <laughs> to need to take time to work on yourself?
0: Well, so uh, healthy ones... And you can talk about this. We've talked a little bit about so like a healthy when we say the word healthy. So a one that's doing their work or a eight that's doing their work or a four that's doing their work. These are those times where we live out of um, and are able to choose something a little different than our compulsion way of being and so a a healthy one or one that's doing their work knows that there's not just one right way and develops some nuance and options and I think you said that at the beginning that you can allow for other people to have a different way of doing it and it can also be right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's not all the time Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but that that's
1: Well and lately what I've experimented with is myself doing it differently. And I'm thinking specifically at work. So where, where I feel like it's really important for the rigidness to be there so that, you know, documents are accurate and so forth. Everything's all balanced, you know, so it's okay to, you know, just change how I do that as long as it stays correct
0: as long as like the outcome yes is the right yeah. thing yeah so you're yeah.
2: saying you just you might shift the way in which you go about right that um I'm less rigid about it okay yeah and and yet it still feels like you can do that with integrity yes yeah but there's just a little more fluidity or flexibility
1: about how you get there right okay and it's taken a long time mm-hmm. and I have to really
0: think about that mm-hmm. before I can actually do it mm mm-hmm. mhm so another um, kind of sentence that you might offer uh, or say would describe a healthy one is that they have space for anger. They know it's not always bad or wrong or it doesn't always have to be in this, the, the bad category. And so a one who, who kind of accepts anger is less likely to stuff Right. That they can in real time maybe express their dissatisfaction or even if they don't need to say it out loud, know that they're dissatisfied Mm. and bring up thinking, you know, and set choose choose not to be resentful about it in Mm -hmm. that moment or however they're going to stuff that down. Or categorize right or wrong or what we're doing and what they're doing and how they're working hard and we're not working so hard. A one that's doing their work can bring up productive thinking and instead of just being resentful and kind of stuffing, stuffing, stuffing might be
1: angry in real time. I was just thinking about a a recent incident at the compost pile in my backyard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great sentence. (laughs) And I I actually expressed well it hit I was angry and I said it out loud to myself and then I thought I need to I need to say this out loud to the person that this to my partner Okay. Uh, (laughs) who's this person who is who is the
0: secret compost keeper
1: (laughs) to the five that I live with and um and I did and I think I said it without tone and it was all fine so like
2: I, I was I was talking to the, the seven about flexing their small bummer muscles so that they have like a they kind of hone their muscles about when things get really bad. Do you feel like one could say to ones that you could just kind of flex your small anger or your irritation muscles or like to sort of instead of stuffing, sort of be aware of the small irritation yes. and say, "I see myself being irritated, and I'm going to." be yeah i'm going to say there it is yep. there there i go being irritated about this right
1: and then that kind of yeah helps you not have the big blow right yes you know. and sometimes just saying that out loud or thinking it mm-hmm. totally calms it and it kind of goes away mm-hmm. yeah but if it's still there <laughs> if if it's like if i go through that process of recognizing it and then go mm, this is still bothering me then I feel like I have to do something about it. Maybe not immediately, but in a reasonable amount of time, so that it doesn't become stuffed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So
0: you yeah. don't get resentful, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. I have here also a section about what to do if you know if you love a one, and um, I think oftentimes we dismiss. Like I'm thinking about just that whole story you just told how easy it is because you're you have this idealized view of the world and the rest of us aren't seeing it or we're taking shortcuts or um that's not where we've decided to put our energy or what have you. And so we can be dismissive right. of the things that you what you said hurt your feelings that mm-hmm. you know can be hurtful to you um because they're important mm-hmm. to you. And so um, if you love a one, the rest of us shouldn't diminish or um, dismiss necessarily mm-hmm. that drive. So, mm-hmm. like, if you are a parent of a one, um, to ask them what would be good enough, to what what they're after, what what is what is their um, idea of perfection? And I, I love, I like that you kind of push back up against the word perfection. I think that's um, I think that that's good for us to hear. I think that's what you are probably after your ideal of it. But I think good or right is a good way to talk about it, too. Yes, that feels better.
1: It feels better, Uh
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, So know that when we just dismiss them or say, oh, it's good enough, or let's move on, or, oh, it doesn't matter anyway, that that can feel really hurtful. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. And in a way,
2: like if, if, if you love a one, it's really helpful, I guess, to kind of participate in allowing you to flex your small irritation muscles. Like mm-hmm. if you can kind of voice a small irritation and I can try to honor that, then that just propels you along to, you know, not having larger right. angers, right? right? It right. Or it just allows you to not stuff mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's
1: And I just recently learned mm-hmm. that um, you know, like you were saying, if you were to ask me or a one, you know what what would be good enough or what would be satisfying? I think because I don't most of the time I don't know because this is the way I want it, and so I I don't know in the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. But I totally I said if you would just instead of you know like brushing it off or saying not you Lee but yeah,
0: her husband's name is Lee as yeah. well yeah
1: um, just to say it must really suck to be a one or, you know, something just acknowledging that this is hard work, you know, managing that Mm -hmm. Um, and just say, I'm sorry that it feels like that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and just kind of acknowledge that it's difficult. Is there a way that
2: you can like get to a a feeling of playfulness or lightheartedness
1: or carefreeness? Like, is that available? Do you feel that that's available when I'm aggravated, when there's something oh, just, like that, or just period? Just period. You mean like get that seven energy?
0: Mm-hmm. Is
1: that, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is the hardest thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. It is very, very hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Because of yeah. that critic. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did we talk about the vacation thing? Are we?
0: Oh, we... yeah, we could though. That's a good I mean, example. I think it's a
2: cool thing that Suzanne talks about mm-hmm. that a one in vacation um
0: the they're not
2: responsible for the place where they are. Right. And it can't be a second home or whatever. It's just a place that they're not responsible for at all. Yeah. And that that kind of helps a one get into that uh, kind of a, a mm-hmm. feeling of carefreeness because you're yep. relieved. You're absolved from. Yep.
1: I don't. It's not mm-hmm. my responsibility mm-hmm. to. Yeah. The, the, Do you yeah. feel that when you go on vacation? Is that ring true? <sighs> I haven't been on vacation. at <laughs> all. Yeah. Ah. It, yeah no but it it certainly does mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. visiting my mother-in-law does and i can't quite explain that one because i do a lot when i'm there
2: mm-hmm.
1: not i'm not painting the house or anything like that but i'm engaged um a little bit more than i am when i'm on vacation mm-hmm. like to me vacation is like exploring and you know trying new things different places mm-hmm. and i've been there many times and it's pretty much the same thing all the time, but I'm busy doing stuff. But it feels not really playful, but it feels light. Mm-hmm. To be on vacation,
2: or to be with your mother in law,
1: both, both, both. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the vacation really is a big lightness, yeah, if you will. But being up there is pretty close.
2: To, with your mother and all, yeah.
0: That's nice.
2: Yeah. It is nice. Lucky. Mm-hmm. Lucky Yes,
0: you. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to to tell us? I, I think one more thing, which we've talked about more than once, but I just want to, I think it's worth saying again, because I want ones to hear it, and I want people who love ones to hear it, is that you have to process out loud, that yes. ones have to process out loud, and that you need to find someone like anytime you're like, can we talk? I need to talk this through. (laughs) And you always kind of want to apologize for it. But I always feel so uh, honored that I get to be one of the people that you can process out loud with. You trust me to hold the space and to love you well enough to get you to the you're good part, even if it's for a second. Like I, that is such a gift to me. And so that ones cho- choose people who are going to let you let you do it. And then know that, especially if you know the Enneagram, that if, if the person who knows you're a one is your, your person that you're processing out loud with knows that you're a one. It's, it's a real, I, I take it really seriously. It's not maybe the right word, but I think, gosh, I, any part that I can play in telling your critic to step, stand down, um, I've, I I want to do that as much as I can, Thank right? You. Thank so that's a really important, it's just really important, I think, for one. Yeah,
1: it really is. And I am very fortunate. I have more, more people. I mean, I don't. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So...
2: I mean, I I feel like the ones, I don't know a lot of ones, and I don't know if this is true, so I'm just going to see what y'all think. Like, I feel with the ones I do know that they, you can almost tell in their bearing like how they carry their bodies through the world, how they speak, how they write emails, you know mm-hmm. there's a certain hairstyle even <laughs> and carefulness because of all this energy inside your head about being correct um, it gets translated to your bearing your actual physical bearing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. does that make sense to you Total okay mm-hmm. so I can almost feel a one's bearing if that makes sense yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. just kind of how you can feel four. Yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> like Or eights something. or mm-hmm. sevens, maybe. But it's true. I yeah. know it's true. Yeah. Um, well anything <laughs> that we um didn't talk about that you'd like to, to share? I think
1: I think we covered a lot. It was good.
0: Good. Well I'm so, so grateful that you were here and um,
1: I'm glad y'all are doing this.
0: We are too. Thank okay. You.
1: She pops <clears throat> into the bathroom. <clears throat>
2: Just after a shower, and she Mm. plays with my makeup Mm. and
0: creams. Mm. Keeps Mm. trying to look like me Mm. and
2: goes through the motions,
0: Mm. posing this way and that. Mm. Holding it in if it makes you feel better
1: Mm. and knock yourself out.
0: Mm. So, this has been a lot of fun, Elizabeth Chaffin. And we hope that you who are listening uh, also kind of get the deeper purpose of this work and learning of the Enneagram and that you'll join us by either visiting our website or Instagram to form community in Austin that's doing the big work of transforming and supporting one another uh, in being our true selves. So we are at
2: Austin Enneagram. Uh, that's our website and our Instagram. Yeah. And if you want to contact us for workshops... Or questions
0: mm-hmm. or check out when we start doing number nights
2: right all of that will be through our Instagram actually we will announce our number nights through Instagram mm-hmm. and also you can DM us through Instagram right now I think that's the easiest way to get us
0: exactly mm-hmm. okay okay could you maybe come at a
2: slightly less awful time as you can see you have got someone quite nice here with me I guess that's a no seen as you're just still here.